0: Proverbs chapter 3, I'd like to read tonight to begin, verse 35. Very last verse of the chapter. The wise will inherit honor, but the fools display dishonor. Let's pray. Our Father in God, as we open up the word of God now, we again pray and ask that you teach us and instruct us from the word challenge our hearts. Again, be with Dem gushoff and, and Janet uh, with all that's going on with her sister again and his sister. And pray that you just strengthen them as a family with all that's on their uh, situation in their family life right now. And Father, make your word clear to us. And I pray that you'd help us to be wise and not foolish in our lives. It's easy to talk about, but help us, Father, to learn these truths and be able to apply them. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. All right. As we come tonight, we talk. We're going to be talking about the fool and his shame, or his dishonor, or his disgrace. Really, that's the idea behind what we're dealing with. We are in the book of Proverbs. For those that are not familiar with it, we've been studying the book in a topical sense, dealing right now with the practical application of proverbs to our personal lives. And the last time I was with you in the book of Proverbs, we said basically, "Don't be a fool." Now, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning wanting to be a fool, uh, and yet sometimes we are in decisions that we make and things that we do. We defined for you a little bit, and I, this is just a very quick review here, a little bit what a fool is. He's a person that is obstinate. He's a person that is closed-minded. He's a person that refuses to listen to advice. He's got all the answers. He doesn't want to listen to what anybody else has to say. Won't even consider it. And as a person, ultimately, that is absolutely full of pride. They might not want to say that, but that is the reality. How would you identify a fool? How would we identify in our own lives when we are being foolish, uh, as it uh, might be? Well, as we've gone through the book of Proverbs, we said that God clearly identifies anyone who says there is no God is a fool. The scriptures are very clear. You say there is no God? You can chalk it up, no matter how bright you think you are, you are a fool. Because there is so much evidence all around us. It doesn't matter what man thinks. Secondly, a fool does not fear God. There is no fear of God in his heart. So if you have no fear of God in your heart, that's foolishness. That is being a fool. It is uh, very clear that uh, the fool does not fear God. He doesn't think that God exists. And one day we'll find out that that's true. The third thing we noticed is that he mocks or he or she laughs at sin. And if we do that as well, that's foolishness. Uh, When a person is laughing at sin, they think it's a big joke that uh, uh, something's a sin or that they can get away with things and so forth like that. That is a mock of a fool. And you can chalk that up young people. You can chalk that out, up older people as well. A fool is a person... And again, how can I know if I'm a fool? You like to quarrel? You like to get arguments, get people going, and whatever? That's a fool. And the scriptures clearly point that out in the book of Proverbs. A fool is a person who likes to quarrel, who enjoys that. Uh, The Lord Jesus Christ, perfect example in the New Testament, you never saw him enjoying the quarrel. He would speak to it. He would direct uh, his attention to foolishness as far as attacking it, but he didn't. get involved in quarrels, sometimes we do that. He always thinks that he or she is right. He or she always thinks they're right. Obviously, by the definition, that would be true. But we saw that in Scripture as we went through the book of Proverbs, that uh, no matter what anybody else says, they're right, and uh, they won't even listen to reason. That is why in arguments, it's always interesting, or in a situation, uh, right away you can tell whether somebody's really teachable by you present something, whether they even consider it. Uh, but they usually just have other arguments, and they're right, and that's all it is. That's a fool, uh, clearly stated in Scripture. He never listens to advice given to him. Tonight, so that's some of the ways that we looked at. We defined a fool and what foolishness is, and and we talked a little bit about how to identify it uh, in our own lives as far as foolishness or to identify what a fool might look like. Tonight we're dealing with his shame or his or hers shame as a fool. Uh, Because that's what ultimately will come to a fool. Now, to start with tonight, I opened up with this verse. We'll come back to it later. We're going to look at some other things in Proverbs. But one of the most intimate relationships, is it not so in life, is a parent-child relationship. Uh, Another thing that's so important is uh, for us to realize that we are not alone. You know, there's been many expressions of that. We're not an island by ourselves and so forth and so forth. People have said uh, so forth and so on. But we are not. We affect other people's lives. There is absolutely no question. You affect other people's lives. And probably the closest relationship is that of a parent and child beyond the husband and wife relationship. It should be the parent, child, and family. And yet, when a person is a fool, guess who they cause the most shame to? Their parents. Their parents. Turn with me to Proverbs 10. Proverbs 10. So, the shame of a fool is first of all seen in family relationships. You will see the shame of a fool in family relationships. In chapter 10 of Proverbs, verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son, watch, is a grief to his mother. How sad. It's a grief. The word means exactly what it sounds like. It's sorrow. Uh, How many children have caused their mothers such sorrow, even if it's not expressed outwardly in public, but just privately have cried over their children because of the foolishness that has been brought on by someone who will not make wise choices and will not follow advice and will not accept discipline, and so forth. On the other hand, you see, obviously, a wise son makes a father glad. But the foolish one brings grief. They don't think they bring grief. They just want to have their fun. They mock sin. They're going their way. And you see that, uh, obviously, on the other side of the coin, a wise choice will bring joy, and I'll look at that in a minute. But you think about how many times you've seen a situation where, Maybe it was through television, maybe it was through some type of the media in which someone had to go to jail or someone did something. And, and, and isn't it true that sometimes one of the first things we think about is how would those parents feel? How would the parents feel the shame that's been brought? And how you would feel if, if your child was on the TV set as uh, a murderer? as uh, someone who betrayed this country, someone who betrayed, you know, and on and on we could go. The shame that that brings to the name. You know, um, as an example uh, that of a recent situation that I heard of, and I don't want to get too far into the detail on this, but many of you are well aware of the name, uh, um, I just lost it, it's not Stan, Gal- uh, the guy in Pennsylvania, Pen- Penn State, No. Sandowski? I I pronounced it wrong. But anyway, you know who it is. The point is, there's another family that has the same exact name. And um, it's a true story. It's the same exact name. And has had so much difficulty because they thought, and it totally is not related to that individual at all. What am I trying to point out? The shame that that man has brought to his family... And look, it's now even affecting a family just because they have that name. And what a sorrow, what a shame it is to have a child that has gone astray into foolishness and not just murder, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's public scandal, maybe it's just they are known as a drunkard and, and so forth. And they just think it's a big joke or they are sorry for themselves and they're not even looking at the shame and the dishonor that's not only being brought to them but their families because of the course of action that they take. And let me say tonight, for the benefit of all of us and and even you young folks that are out there, you need to think about that when you're in school. It is no joke to be thought about as the class clown. You're bringing shame on your family. It is no joke to be thought about as uh, the person that's the troublemaker in school. You know, sometimes as we go through school, we think that's, that's a big joke. It's not, it's shameful. And the, the foolishness is brought even on the family. And that's seen very clearly here. If, if a young girl is known as a flirt with the guys, oh, they might all laugh about it in school. But as that gets back to parents and, and so forth, it's a shame. Because of the foolishness. And I think it's practical. We need to see that a foolish decisions, one that's all so set and I'm going to do what I'm going to do, yeah, it doesn't just affect your life. It affects one of the closest relationships that you have. It's bringing shame also on your family. It's bringing shame to those who love and care about you. I'll go to the other side of the coin in a minute, but turn with me to Proverbs 17. Proverbs is filled with this. Proverbs 17, 21, again. He who sears a fool does so to his sorrow. And the father of a fool has no joy. No joy. A lot of grief that's brought on parents is because of a foolish child. Verse 25, same chapter. A foolish son is a grief to his father. Just so you see that it wasn't just like in chapter 10, verse 1, the mother. A foolish son is a grief. How many parents? And bitterness to her who bore him. What a sorrow. Uh, what What a sorry state that is. And yet sometimes we just don't care about our foolishness, don't think it affects anybody else, but it causes so much by way of wounds and grief and sorrow that is brought into the life. Chapter 19 of the book of Proverbs. And take it even a little bit further. A foolish son is destruction to his father. It's actually possible because of the reputation to, to ruin uh, a person and ruin the integrity even of the entire family because of the foolishness of a son. And the contentions of a wife, I won't deal with that, is a constant dripping. That's another subject for another time. Um, But for tonight, we just see the foolishness. And the reason is to see, what do you really want to be? Do you want to be a wise person? Do you want to be a foolish person? And you think that if being a fool, okay, Pastor Dan identified that, and we see some of the things, and okay, but I'm just only going to affect my life. You are going to face a lot of shame, as you're going to see in just a few moments. But the first place you're going to face it is in your own family. Your own family. The other side of the coin, go to chapter 23 of Proverbs, as we've already seen in a couple of verses, is you ought to be a person that wants to bring joy to your family, that brings rejoicing because you make wise decisions, because at least you're willing to listen to advice. At least you're willing to uh, consider that you could be wrong. In Proverbs 23... Verses 15 and 16. My son, if your heart is wise, my own heart will be glad. How many parents can't, uh, can relate to that, right? When we see our children get an award or we see our children that are commended, oh boy, does that make us feel good, right? Why? We're glad. Their heart is glad. Our heart is glad. Verse 15. And my innermost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right? <coughs> That's talk, <coughs> excuse me, talking about uh, a wise son. Because if you look at all of uh, Proverbs 23, again, as I introduced uh, the book of Proverbs to you, it talks right in there, my son. And it's giving instruction to my son, right there in verse 15 again. And so it's dealing with the aspect that uh, a foolish son uh, can cause, or a foolish person can cause so much sorrow and shame First of all, to the immediate family. What's worse than that, not just causing shame, is this. Turn with me to Proverbs 15. And I'm talking still within the family. Proverbs 15, look at verse 20. A wise son, good positive side, makes a father glad. But a foolish man, what happens? Not only does he bring shame... But it tells us in the book of Proverbs that if you're going to choose the path of foolishness and think it's a big joke, not only can it reach the point of you bringing shame to yourself and then shame to your family, you can also reach the point of despising your parents. It despises his mother. And what does that mean, despise? Really, it's dealing with, if you look at the context, and go back to read verse 5 there, look again, I think it helps you. The foolish Rejects his father's discipline. Remember where we were in the book of Proverbs. As we looked at it, to be wise requires discipline. You know, there probably has not been, including myself, any child that has come along that has not liked rules in the house, that has not liked rules in school, that has not like certain rules at work. But listen, parents, listen, teachers, listen, adults, you are not doing a favor to your children by discounting that. In fact, this makes it very clear, it is the fool who rejects discipline. It is discipline and instruction in those regulations that help them make wise decisions. And the younger they are, the more they need that. You should hope by the time they get to be teens, you should hope by the time they get to be in college, you should hope by the time they get to be young adults that the foundation's been set so now They are able to make wise decisions, and you have less and less parameters around them. But it reaches the point, a fool is one, and I want you to see that, young people particularly, a fool is one who turns around and doesn't like the discipline. They despise it. And you know how it ends up practically? Like this. But everybody else is doing it. And you say, yeah, all the children do that. No, we do it as adults. God's word says to do this. And you know, I really don't know if we should do that. But everybody else in evangelicalism is doing it. Hmm. Really? Is that the reason to do it? Is that the reason not to do something? No. No. That's how sometimes it comes out. But we ought to see that That shame will be, first of all, that's my first point to you, will come in the family. Now, someone mentioned it out loud, and they were correct. The other thing, the shame will be seen in the fact that, you know what? You're not going to receive honor. If you continue to pursue foolishness, you yourself personally will receive a lot of dishonor. Turn with me to Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26. the respect is gone like snow and summer verse 1 and like rain and harvest so honor is not fitting for a fool it doesn't match you won't get it there isn't anyone that doesn't want to receive honor to some degree if we're honest with ourselves am I going to get it by pursuing foolishness by laughing at sin? By rejecting God? By rejecting my parents' instruction? By making decisions that are not wise? No. You're going to bring dishonor to yourself. Not honor. The only honor you're going to receive is by other foolish people in your circle. And I'll show you an example with that tonight if we get there. That was also what Proverbs 3.35 said. I'm losing time fast. so Go to Proverbs 26.8. Like one who binds a stone in a sling. How stupid is that? In case you don't understand what that's saying. before you li- Well, let me read it. So is he who gives honor to a fool. If you're giving honor to a fool, you're like someone who takes a sling and binds a stone to it. What do you mean? Can you imagine David coming after? Let me try to illustrate it that way. David's coming up to Goliath and he says, You come in with your sword and spear. I come in the name of the Lord. And then he takes some glue and takes his stone and puts the glue on it and sticks it to the... Sling so when he... It just doesn't go. It stays in it. That's what, it's, that's what it's saying there. It's saying, how foolish would it be for someone to take a sling, they're getting ready to kill an animal, and they, they attach it so the, the rock can't go. It's Kind of silly, isn't it? Yes. It's the same thing with trying to honor a fool. You're going to get shame. You may think it's okay now, but shame is what will follow. And ultimately... To get to it, it's judgment that's coming. You'll not only, the shame of a fool will not only be seen in what it brings on the family, in what it brings on himself, but ultimately it's going to lead to the judgment of God. In chapter 19 of Proverbs we see that. Chapter 19 and verse 29. And all of this encouragement is so that we don't become fools, or we don't make foolish judgments, or we do not get involved in foolishness. Proverbs 19 verse 29 judgments are prepared for scoffers and blows for the back of fools. There's judgment first of all, you know they get what they deserve. Should they be sent to prison? Should they receive these type of things when they violate the law out of foolishness? Yeah, absolutely. Judgments can do them. When people received stripes or were being whipped and so forth for uh, breaking laws, that's what they deserve. They've got what they deserved. And it's also going to come by the way of God's judgment. Go to chapter 26 of Proverbs. In the long run, you'll get what you deserve. So the idea is to not be a fool, to not make foolish judgments. And in Proverbs 26, again, in verse 10, like the archer who wounds everyone, so is he who hires a fool. Look at that. How practical is that? Who hires those who pass by. And you know what? In the long run, you'll wonder why later on with your reputation you don't get a job, you don't get you know, that's we see it all over the place, right? There's people that are legitimately out of work and, and, and I have no problem with that. We should help them and so forth when, when they're out of work. But there's some people that are not out of work because they're not trying to work, it's out of work because they've made a lot of foolish decisions. They don't want to work, they're lazy. They won't do anything. They uh, basically want to have a lifestyle that's uh, free and, and has no responsibility and then expects society to take care of them. That's a fool. And the way that they're living and the way that they're suffering may be because of the decisions they've made because of foolishness. Now, obviously, we are graciously to, to reach out. But we see all kinds of things like that. Uh, Let me just refer to this. If, if you're an idolater, anyone that gets involved in idolatry is called a fool in the Scripture. In the New Testament, because I want to get to something else, a fool is also one who thinks that he's wiser than God. Romans chapter 1 verse, verifies that. He thinks that his wisdom is above God's and that he knows better even than God knows. As we were talking this morning, he comes up with his own way on methods uh, for for doing something. And let's look at a couple of examples though. Uh, let me just, I do need to touch upon this. So wise is where we want to go and fools, we said there's a lot of contrast in the, in, in the book. We try to identify something what fools look like and that it brings shame, it brings judgment, it brings all of these things. Let me just point this out to you, that if you hang around with a fool, uh, that is your company they are wasting your time you are throwing your time away let me give you two quick proverbs on that proverbs 14:7 proverbs 14:7 they may laugh at you they may talk about you behind your back and so forth but you know what don't waste your time because you know the shame that's coming for them for their family for judgment if they don't turn around proverbs 14:7 Leave the presence of a fool. Leave it. Or you will not discern words of knowledge. They will affect you. Look at Proverbs thirteen twenty, right across the page. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You'll suffer the same thing they're suffering. Your thinking will be changed. They might think it's a joke. They might like, and honestly... One of the things to remember, I wasn't even saved, but I remember this from college, because I was there during the protesting years of the 60s and 70s, and and so forth. If the crowd thinks it's right, you probably wanna get away, because the crowd's mostly wrong. And they may think it's a big joke, and you may lose friends over it or whatever, but don't walk with a foolish person. Walk with wise people. Don't be a companion because you will eventually suffer. You will be influenced by them. And the bottom line is you ought to run away from them. Proverbs 9, let's quickly go there. Proverbs 9 and verse 6. Forsake your folly and live and proceed in the way of understanding. Not only should you run away from them, but also... Anyone who's following foolishness, stop it, basically, and run away from it yourself. And it's basically saying, forsake them. Have nothing to do with them. And uh, that is is how we ought to look. Now, are there examples of foolishness in Scripture? Yeah, there's a lot, and my time's flying. Uh, But let me give you just at least a couple tonight. Um, Boy. Let's go to 1 Kings 12. Let's You go to that one. Yeah, I know you're familiar with that. Because we can talk about it. We can say you get away from foolishness. But here, these are examples. Now, for time's sake, you look at the whole context here. But 1 Kings 12 is Rehoboam. And as soon as I say that, it will ring a bell with some of you. Here's a situation where the father had uh, died. And now the kingdom was going to be passed on. And the question came up, uh, who are you going to listen to? And a bunch of older, wiser people who had been around and saw King Solomon and heard the benefits of even, for example, the Proverbs and the teachings of Solomon, had seen the life of Solomon and some of David. They wanted to give advice before this person became king so that he could be a wise king. And yet, what did he do? He got his friends together, and his friends basically said, Don't listen to them. He said, basically, listen to us. You be tough. And you come down on the people. In verse 8, it says, He forsook the counsel of the elders which they had given him and consulted with the young men who grew up with him. And that is the tendency that we always have. We go to our peers and our friends and leave it there and served him. He went to them. And what was the result? You can look at the rest of the chapter The kingdom was divided. It was split over this foolish, foolish decision. Um, Let me just go to two more. One is Matthew 23. I have some others down here, but let's go to Matthew 23. And Let me just do one other one that I think will be practical for us. Um, Matthew 23. A lot of folks who uh, know the Bible are familiar with Matthew chapter 23, where the Lord absolutely lays into the Pharisees and, about their leadership and how they're leading people astray. But notice what he says of them in relationship to what we're talking about here tonight, particularly in verses 17 and 19. You what? What's the word? Fools! It's what he calls leaders. Can you be a leader and a fool? Yes. Religious leader and a fool? Yes. You fools and blind men. Which is more important? The goal of the temple, the, excuse me, the goal of the temple that sanctified the goal. And they were caught up in the money and you, as you know, if you're familiar with the Pharisees and Sadducees, this little detail, that little detail, and they lost sight of even who God was in the worship center. Look at verse 20, uh, 19. You blind men, Which is more important, the offering or the altar that sanctified the offering? And he's dealing with the blind men, the foolishness of these men and their decisions. You see, sometimes our decisions, even as leaders, can be foolish. One more I'll give you tonight is an example of foolishness. is actually found in the book of Ecclesiastes. I want to go to that one. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. You should know how to get to Proverbs now. We've been in there... For a while. And right after the book of Proverbs is the book of Ecclesiastes. So in dealing with our personal decisions, so we not, don't lose perspective because we'll just close out this section tonight. This book has a lot to say about wise and fool. We want to be wise. We want to make good decisions that honor God, that are right. Uh, we don't want to be the fool. What does the fool look like? Rejects God, rejects the fear of God laughs at sin, gets involved in things shouldn't get involved in. That's the type of fool that's a person. What is it going to result in? It'll result in shame, that's what we're talking about tonight. To you, it'll result in shame to your family. It'll result in judgment that'll come from others. It'll result in God's judgment. I didn't even get to that one. It'll result in in just destruction. It's a sad way to go. So you don't want to go that way. Great. Uh, What should I do? Flee from it. Don't waste your time with people that are... Pursuing foolishness. Uh, look to choose, and we'll get to companions at a, another time. Choose your companions wisely. Choose the circles that you're in wisely. They will affect your life. Uh, other examples, yeah, Rehoboam's one, religious leaders. Here's another one that I think is practical to bring it down to all of us. Be a person, I'll tell you what it is, and then I'll look at the uh, look at Ecclesiastes. Be a person that is true to your word. Hold on to that. I think that's practical. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to be someplace, be there. If you make a promise to somebody, carry it through. What about if it gets to the stage that, you know, now by carrying it through, you're going to suffer for it? Suffer. Don't be a fool and go back on your word. Ecclesiastes 5. Ecclesiastes 5. This is dealing with a vow to God, but you get the point. When you make a vow to God, do not be late in paying it. Now don't miss the explanation or the reason. For he takes no delight in fools. Fools are people who, who makes statements to God, first of all, in the context. I've seen it. You've seen it, right? Hospital, somebody's sick. God, get me out of this, and I'll go to church for the rest of my life, and after three weeks, you never see him again. God, you just help me out. If if, uh, Go back to this morning's message. If if Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation, and he's the one to trust, uh, I'll trust in him after you get me out of this situation and God's gracious enough to get that out, that's a vow. That's a sign of a fool who doesn't follow through. Don't do that. And especially when it comes to God, if you say, God, you know, I, I really want to commit my life uh, to you, and with your help and that'll happen, then you follow through. But I want to deal with the aspect of even just your word. You you say you're going to do something. Your, your parents ask you, you know, you have the illustration, right, in the New Testament. Uh, a parent asked a, a son to go do something. He said, I'll do it. And he didn't. Then he had another son and he fought and didn't like the rules and go do that for me. Ah, no, I ain't going to do it. But he later on went and did it, right? What did God say? It was the second son that did the will of the Father. Right? Uh, But sometimes we say we're going to do something or we tell people we're going to do something and I haven't gotten into all that's even in the book of Proverbs on that. But we are to make our word, our word. Our yea should be yea, our nay should be nay, and we should follow through. So those are just a couple of examples. There's many others in scripture of individuals who were f- made foolish decisions, who didn't listen to wise counsel, who uh, even very godly men, um, and I had some like Abraham as well, made a couple of foolish decisions. We can do that. We ought to pursue after wisdom. We've identified a little bit of what a fool looks like and we, ought, we know we don't want the shame that comes with foolishness. May God help us to be true and to follow him and to be true even to our word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you and praise you for this time together. We thank you for the book of Proverbs and the challenge that it is to every one of us. While it is true that there are people that just their life is marked by foolishness and their life is marked as a fool, There are times in our own lives that we make foolish decisions, that we do foolish things, that we turn away from the Word of God, that we get involved in things that we shouldn't, we say things that we should not, and Father, we ask your forgiveness for that, and help us, Lord, to pursue after wise decisions, to be wise, to seek after, as we've already studied together, uh, decisions that would be in harmony with you, that would even when we don't understand something, not rely on our own wisdom, but to rely on that of, of what you've given us in your word and to trust you for it. Help us to be true to our word. Help us to be wise in, in the things that we do and the decisions that we make and the people that we surround ourselves with so that, Father, we would be honoring to your name. And above all, even as we just close with that, we pray that when we commit something to you that we would follow through, that we would be true to what we say, that we know, Father, we cannot fool you, uh, that you see all and know all. Help us, Father, to be an open book so that you can work through our lives and in our lives for your honor and your glory. Thank you now for the refreshment you provided. We pray you'd bless it to us. Guide us throughout the week. And with the storm coming, Father, we pray that you would protect us. Help us uh, even to be consciously aware of being able to help others who may have some destruction, Uh, there may be some difficulties, help us to reach out. And I pray, Father, that we'd just be a testimony this week for the honor and glory of God. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.